the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along the Wednesday edition. It's a hot one out there. Feels good, though, doesn't it? It's like summertime. Feels for sure like summer. You know, I was just saying to John, Mike, and I want to kind of get your read on this, that the reason I think that John and I are really okay about not having air conditioning in our homes, our separate homes, is that we're not there during the hottest part of the day. Because yeah. when I left my house today, it was about one fifteen. It was so hot. My house was so hot. And I thought, okay, so I get to go to work and there's going to be air conditioning there. My husband was just going to like, you know, walk into the next room and do another thing. <laughs> but you're there at nighttime. I mean, it's tepid when you're sleeping. It is, it is but it's not like one o'clock in the afternoon. So no. Mike, I'm wondering when you hear John and I talk about the the beauties of living in a house without air conditioning, do you think we're nuts? Yes, okay. I do. I do. Right. You need air conditioning. Did you grow up with air conditioning, Mike? Um, I did. I did grow up with air conditioning. So yeah, I think so that's soft really. from was, the get go. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> now, that's all. now I do remember when I was probably six or seven, we we finally got it installed, but. Yeah, I, I was. So I he was, had six or seven dark I had, years. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I had six or seven dark That's years. That's rough. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm thankful that I have it. We just say to our mom, hey, it's really hot. You know what she'd say? Go to the basement. You know what my grandma would say? Mm. Go eat a uh, popsicle. Oh, that, see? <laughs> uh huh. Or an icy pop. Mm hmm. An she, icy pop. Are those the plastic things that you have to bite on? Uh-huh. Oh, mm-hmm. we used to get those. Those things make my toes curl. Really? Why? The biting of the plastic for some oh, reason yeah, is yeah, yeah, it, yeah, like yeah, I can't yeah. even. That's why you have to squeeze it Squeeze it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, uh... So you'd make Kool-Aid and put it in a little plastic thing, put it in the freezer. A couple hours later, you're good to go. I, never, go. I never did the Kool-Aid thing. No, but you I. never had Kool-Aid well, I, growing up? I, even as a kid. What? That stuff's nasty. <laughs> Look at her. Shit. <laughs> You didn't like Kool-Aid growing up. No, that's Come gross. On. It's worse. Me? But no. she loves Ovaltine. Oh, yeah. Because it's delicious uh, and fortified. No, no. Okay? Kool-Aid growing Kool-Aid up. Kool-Aid is neither. Mm, Kool-Aid growing up was like, I don't know, the, the essence of what life was all about. Oh, my gosh. Truly. But, Sugar water. Mm, exactly. Okay, so speaking of drinks, mm-hmm. um, this day in history, Wednesday, wasn't Wednesday, Wednesday then, but it was July 10th, uh, Coca-Cola Company was besieged by consumers who hated... The new Coke, mm. right? That would have been introduced in April. Right. They dusted off the old formula. And today, yeah. this day in history, 1985, they dubbed in the Coca-Cola Classic, Thank which we goodness. enjoy even today. To this day. Seriously, whenever that happened, whenever they introduced new Coke, I thought the world had lost Me its mind. Me too. Me right? too. I thought this is... A, this and, can't be right. Okay, so this is why it's in the forefront of my mind, because I am uh, six-eighths... Of the way through Stranger Things season three, mm. which takes place in 1984, 
and New Coke makes an appearance several times in Stranger Things. Of yes. course, there's a whole marketing thing right, around this as well. Right, which is why, of right? course, they are re-releasing in a limited quantity mm-hmm. New Coke just as kind of a tribute to Stranger Things. So how much uh, New Coke's been distributed? I don't think there's much. No. Well, and how long do you think it was on the market? Uh, I, th- I think less than three months. 80 days. Oh, okay. I was right. New Coke existed for 80 Good. days and people were so hacked oh, off. It was an outrage. I, he- I read that that whole hacked off thing was driven by hardcore Southerners. That, that would not, they would not put up with this new recipe. Hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Well, you know, Atlanta is the home of Coca-Cola. Right. And so, you know, that's obviously a big driver in the South. Sure. And it people, runs through families, what, it, genealogy. It, it would be like someone wanting to change the recipe of Heinz ketchup. Kind of in a way, right? Yeah. Well, it can't be done. It shouldn't be done. And it, it remember, wasn't done after the 80-day mark. Did you ever have those little bottles, the little bottles of Coke? I like the little bottles. My gram, well, she always had those in her fridge. I, I'd go sit with her and we'd sit there and have a little, it's like, what is that, eight ounces? Now, no, you, no, no. It's less than eight. I would think it's less six? than eight. How much is a can? Is that 12? Yes. Okay, a can is 12. Maybe it is eight then. They're tiny. Now, when when you contrast that to a big gulp. That's disgusting. It tells you it really where does. we are we in America lost, with our weight We problem, have lost our mind a little right? bit. Yeah. So it's an eight-ounce bottle as opposed to – I remember when we were kids, you would get like the 12-ounce long bottle. Remember, did you get bottles of Coke? The were twelve you, ounce long, but yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. the twelve, the twelve ounce. I didn't, I, did, I wouldn't have known how many ounces or the they sixteen were. ounce. Oh, which even, oh, man, I remember the. I remember being a little kid and seeing those in the vending machine. Love it. Or in you know the the Coke like coolers, mm-hmm. you know that have the red coolers, oh, yeah, and then yeah. you'd lift up the lid and get, and that was delicious. That's the best. All right, so speaking of um, the stuff that goes with Coke, uh, there's a survey that's being conducted in Pittsburgh right now on our very favorite side. Now, if you say, I like a baked potato, or if you're one of those people that, like, I really like sautéed kale or whatever, the bottom line (laughs) is if we're talking about our favorite side dish, it's Mm got to be fries. That's right. Uh, Saturday is National French Fry Day. This coming. Yes. Okay. And so- uh, I shall celebrate accordingly. Of course. Will you have some fries? Yes. Oh, good. Okay. So the Post-Gazette has come up with a, a ballot, which is the best fries in town. It's pretty comprehensive, I'd say. You want to run down a few of these? Oh, yeah. Okay. Best fries in town, Uncle Sam's. I love Uncle Sam's. Now, is Uncle Sam's just one location now? I think it's just the one in Squirrel Hill, right? Mm-hmm. It used to be one in Oakland. The one in Oakland was, was there for about 100 years. Yeah. Uh, Uncle Broke Sam's. Broke my heart. Let me just say again. They closed. Broke my heart when it closed. Is it a submarine bar? Uncle Sam's? Submarine yeah. bar? Have you ever Uncle been Sam's to Uncle submarines? Sam's? No. See that... Look at Mike. Sorry. Look at the fa- he looks happy. Yeah. But really inside he's not cuz he doesn't inside. know anything about Uncle Sam's. I'll tell suffering. you about it later. That's why he's here. He's he's always a little like learning. Yeah. Uh, the OTB Bicycle Cafe. Okay, now Mike knows this place. Oh, this place is so I don't know. Cool. I love it. Mm-hmm. You walk in and there's just bicycle parts everywhere. It's really British. really good food. It's on the south side right right on Carson Street. Have you had the fries? I haven't had the fries. All right. Salem's Market and Grill. I don't know where they are. I don't either. P- uh, Piper's Pub. The pub chip shop. 
I don't know where that is. Okay, me neither. But I've seen. I I feel like I've seen that sign. So I'm. I think if mm-hmm. someone tells me where it is, I'm going to be like, oh right. Now if I had a nickel for this next place, if every fry I've ever eaten there, I'd be a millionaire. You're going to say the O? Yes, I, I am. Have... The original hot dog shop. Oh my god! I spent so much time in me the O. Me too. Oh man. Me too. Uh, those are good fries. They are excellent fries. Don't you love it when somebody orders like a large fry and they don't know? They have no idea that they're <laughs> going like, to that they're going to get like the the like half ton order. Twenty gallon drum of fries comes your way at the O for the large. Cinderland's Beer Company and their fries. I don't know where they are. Mm-hmm. Fuel and Fuddle. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Absolutely delicious. D Six Pack and Dogs. That's in Regent Square. Excellent fries. Okay. Permani Brothers fries. Meh. They're not my favorite. Kenny Woods Potato Patch there fries. We go. Well, oh, yeah. Yeah, but they Definitely. need to get their ketchup back together. Mm-hmm. I mean, has yep. that been resolved? Or is I believe this... it has been. Uh, okay. It's yeah. okay. Juju is. Uh... Is, is that's right. Handing them out individually. Handing, yeah, that's, that's what right. he's doing in the off season. <laughs> I'll take my catch. We're going to be a Heinz spokesperson. Yovi's Chicago hot dogs downtown. Oh, Yovi's Pittsburgh institution. Excellent fries. Uh, Point Bruges. Mm. Uh, you know where that's? Um, yes. Yeah. Point Breeze. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And B R G R. Mm. Um, I like it there. I don't believe I've ever had their fries. Really? Yeah. That's. I, I've been to the cranberry location. How about Five Guys fries? Those mm-hmm. are pretty good fries. Oh. I like a firmer fry. A firmer fry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who, who wants a sort of a, yeah, I don't, I don't a like wiggly the, fry? Yeah, I really like the firmer fry. Yeah. No, seriously, of all these fries? Uh, it's easy. Vote for me. Me too. Oh, it's so easy. Who are you going with? Uncle Sam's. Oh, I'm going O. Okay. I'm going the O. Mike? Right. I'm going Kennywood. Oh, Kennywood. Nice. Oh, yeah, okay. All Very right. nice. Okay. How about, do you guys do fries at home? You ever do that? Oh, yeah. Like fries in the oven? No. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. My kids, that's like the high culinary point of their life. Is it really? Oh, is yeah. that like yeah. the Orida thing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Put them in a you know cookie sheet. Put them in the oven for I don't know twenty two minutes or something like that. Mm-hmm. You guys like chili and cheese on your fries? I'll, I'll be happy to have that. Uh, chili's too much. I feel like you've uh, you're taken away from the the purity of it. How about vinegar? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I like it, but if I'm doing it at home, I never do it. No, I mean it's like it's I open, do. I'll... Okay, but you do it at home. Oh yeah. Do you? No, so, I don't do it. Okay, no. do you do malt vinegar or you do any vinegar? I do malt. malt vinegar. Malt vinegar. Okay, see, I never, I like it if I'm out somewhere and someone offers it to me, but then mm-hmm. I, th- why don't I ever think of it if I'm anywhere else? I don't else? know. You hang out with Mike a little bit more. That's all. <laughs> I'm hanging out with Mike because he didn't Come even know where Uncle Sam's was. Is it <laughs> a submarine bar? Oh, <laughs> stop it. Hey, stick around. We're going to talk between the swastika and the sickle, the life, disappearance, and execution of Ernst Lohmeyer. Somebody is going to win a free cruise aboard Family Life's Love Like You Mean It Marriage Cruise, visiting the beautiful Caribbean, and it could be you. Just log on to our station website and use the keyword stronger. When you enter, you'll also receive their free ebook, Stronger Forever, that includes a personalized six-week plan to grow your marriage. Make your marriage stronger. Register now to win at wordfm.com slash stronger. Hey, Grandma and Grandpa. When you retire, will you take me to Disney World? Can we go to a movie? Grandma, can you teach me how to knit? Grandpa, will you throw the baseball around with me? They won't always be so little. Make sure you plan now so you can start making more memories. Because big or small, those moments matter. They are what you've worked your entire life for, and they just might turn out to be some of the best moments of your life and theirs. I'm Kurt Kenotic, CEO and financial advisor at Accurate Solutions Group. Call our team to start your personalized income plan for your own retirement blueprint. 412-515-3555. That's 412-515-3555. 
At Accurate Solutions Group, we help people retire with confidence, clarity, and independence. We do the planning so you can make the memories. 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. The following statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. Amberin trials tested mild to moderate symptoms. Testimonial is based on 90 days of use. Results may vary. IRI US Mulo, 52 weeks by UPC. Hi, I'm Mary Lou Retton, and I want to talk to you about something I haven't liked to talk about until now, my menopause. All my life, I've had energy, energy to win gold in 84. But when menopause hit me, with the hot flashes and night sweats, I began to feel sluggish every day. That all changed when I discovered Amberin. Amberin safely relieves 12 menopause symptoms by helping to restore your hormonal balance. Amberin is 100% drug-free, estrogen-free, and clinically tested. Amberin is America's number one menopause relief supplement. Thanks to Amberin, my fear of hot flashes is gone. My sheets aren't soaked every night, and my energy is back. Give Amberin a try and see what it can do for you. It works. It really works. Hurry to your Walmart, Walgreens, Target, and other fine retailers nationwide and get Amberin today. What's happened to my son? We raised him in the church, and he went to youth group. He's not acting like himself, and this morning, I found drugs in his room. I can't tell my pastor or my friends. They'll think I'm a bad parent. Is this my fault? I'm so ashamed and don't know where to turn. There is hope. For over 50 years, Western Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge has been helping families to find answers to their loved one's drug addiction. Call today, 724-265-4100, or visit paatc.org, bringing wholeness to the hopeless. I think a lot of us know the story of Dietrich Bonhoeffer or Sophie Scholl. But cut from that same cloth is a man by the name of Ernst Lohmeyer. Here to talk to us about the life of Ernst Lohmeyer is James R. Edwards. James Edwards is the uh, Berner Welsh Professor Emeritus of Theology at Whitworth University. He lectures widely on theological subjects. He's the author of several books as well as commentaries on Romans and the Gospels of Mark, of, of Mark and Luke. But uh, his latest work is called Between the Life Between the Swastika and the Sickle The Life Disappearance and Execution of Ernst Lohmeyer. Mr. Edwards, welcome to the show today. Thank you for having me. Nice to be here. Tell us about your 1979 visit to Greifswald, East Germany. Had you ever heard of the name Ernst Lohmeyer before you left? <laughs> In 1979, I was traveling with a group of pastors and lay people to East Germany. Greifswald was in the Soviet sector. I had heard the name of Lohmeyer before, and I knew that he disappeared in Greifswald. And in the midst of a meeting that I was translating for, I I asked maybe 100, 150 people in a church basement if anybody had ever heard of Lohmeyer. And the meeting was just stunned into silence, and really? the pastor immediately dismissed it and told me that you can't mention that name in this country or else everybody here is going to get arrested. Really? So that was my first introduction to Lohmeyer. So what was that? that I'm obviously, uh, James, that had to be a red flag if somebody hears something like that. <laughs> Don't mention this person. That would pique up most people's curiosity. Well, it piqued mine. I had grown up, and of course, in America, and... You can make a faux pas, it's a social mistake, but it doesn't bring in the secret police. <laughs> but in East Germany, uh, when a person was killed, as Lohmeyer was, as an enemy of the state by the Soviets, uh, anybody who tried to advocate for that person 
uh, became by association an enemy of the state as well. And that was my mistake. I see. So live and learn. Yes. Okay, so then then put in uh, sort of um, quotation marks who we should know Ernst Lohmeyer was, and then let's go back and talk about his life. <laughs> Great. Who was Ernst Lohmeyer? Ernst Lohmeyer was a well-known and very productive German theologian at the beginning of the 20th century. And had uh, Adolf Hitler never come around and World War II never happened, he most certainly would have gone down as a very fine and excellent scholar, but we wouldn't be having this conversation. I see. In 1930, he became the president of a university in in Nazi Germany, and he resisted the Nazi takeover. He was sacked. Uh, He was stripped of, they tried to strip him of his two doctorates, and he was sent to the Eastern Front. He survived that. He was a member of the Confessing Church. And when he came back, um, he found himself as president, once again, of a German university, this time in communist Germany rather than Nazi. And unfortunately, he only lasted eight months. The Soviets turned out to be much uh, more brutal and decisive than the Nazis. And he was arrested uh, the night before he was to be installed as president. And his family got one letter from him in the meantime, and eight months later he was shot in the back of the head, buried in an unmarked grave, and there was a blackout on his name for 50 years until the fall of the Soviet Union in 1990. Wow. So when you think of the that unbelievable, horrible ping-pong match that that Eastern Europe suffered going between, this is before <laughs> World War II started and in those intervening years, that ping pong match, they were tossed between Hitler and Stalin. And they were, they were, you know, those, those nations were held as, you know, bargaining chips almost between the two men in their, uh, in their quest for power. And I think about how many people were caught up in that, like, uh, like Ernst Lohmann. So talk about that. Talk about how, you know, he survives the um, the the angst of the Nazi forces only to succumb to the Soviets. Well, I think that he survived um, first of all by his his mental uh, rigor and by his moral strength. Um, he did not set out um, like some people did to assassinate Hitler, for example, or to overthrow the um, the Third Reich. Uh, whether he ever thought of doing such things, I have no idea. He never wrote about such things. But what he did set out to do was to be a moral human being and a leader and a faithful Christian in the midst of a terrible, terrible situation. And this um, quality of his his faith and his personal reliable and reliability and respect uh, had a huge transformative effect on on Germany, because twice he was elected to become president of universities. And universities in Germany were, they elected presidents by the faculty, not by a board of trustees. And the faculty elected them on two and only two grounds. Were they brilliant and were they trustworthy? Mm-hmm. And Lohmeyer survived those, those uh, or I should say, he, he satisfied those criteria. And he had a huge influence on the people who, like himself, suffered by both uh, at the hands of both the Nazis and the communists. 
James Edwards is with us between the swastika and the sickle, the life, disappearance, execution of Ernst Lohmeyer. James, uh, please tell us uh, about Germany and the Christian population, what it was like perhaps uh, during World War One, World War Two. I think people forget at one time Germany um, certainly was a hotbed of uh, Christianity. Well, Germany was a profoundly Christian country. Uh, when Adolf Hitler took power in 1933, he knew he had to deal with that. Uh, 95% of the population were members of Christian churches. And we don't know exactly how many percentage of, what percentage of those 95 were uh, practicing Christians and were in church week by week, but it was, it was high. It might have been as much as half the population. So Hitler had to deal with that, and he dealt with the the, uh, Catholic population, which was maybe 30% of Germany, largely in the north, by making a concordat with the Pope. And this sidelined the Catholic Church. Um, So the Catholic Church would not intervene in Nazi affairs. Hmm. Uh, The Protestant Church was harder because it didn't have a Pope. Hitler actually tried to um, to install a pope, a Protestant pope, by a, a man by the name of Ludwig Müller, but he was strongly rejected by the Confessing Church. But the Protestants were brought onto a line in two ways. Number one, um, the German Christians, and that's a proper noun, uh, were a group of people that largely supported Hitler. And this was the majority of, of uh, Protestant churches. This may shock us, to hear it, but it's true. Um, many, many people supported Hitler. They may, may not have liked him, but they thought, saw him as the greatest antidote in defense against rising communism and Stalin, Stalinism. And in, in that respect, they were probably right. They closed their eyes to his anti-Semitism, to his brutality, to um, all of the infamies of Nazism. This left only a small group of Protestants called the Confessing Church that never amounted to more than one-fourth of the population. It was a small minority. And that really was no problem. Hitler arrested them. He uh, drafted them into the army, killed them off in concentration camps. And so really, the Church, um, in the face of brutal and total dictatorial power, dictatorial power, um, was really put up against the wall if it didn't comply with Hitler. I see. But there were many faithful believers who weathered World War II and came out alive, someone like Ernst Lohmeyer. I'm sure at the end of World War II, he had to be relieved, thinking Hitler's dead and Germany will once again return to its Christian roots. Yeah, he did. Uh, many people were like that. And incidentally, there were there were many Catholics. Just because the Catholic Church per se had made this concordat, mm-hmm. many, many Catholics uh, hid not uh, Jewish people. They advocated for them. So yes, there were believers all throughout this. And when Hitler died and the war was over, people were greatly relieved. But in that one quarter part of Germany that was under Soviet control, we call it East Germany, Um, They just lost one dictator and gained another one. And Stalin turned out to be as bad, in some ways worse, than Hitler. Um, And Lohmeyer had to live with both Hitler and Stalin. So, James, how then was Lohmeyer, after World War II, essentially targeted by the Stalinist regime? How was he on their radar screen? 
Yeah. Well, that's a great question. Um, he was targeted because as the president of the university, and it, the Soviets installed him as the president, uh, which is a huge irony because they were to shoot him in the head eight months later. Um, he was targeted because he intended to return the University of Greifswald to a free university of intellectual inquiry. Um, and the Soviets did not want that to happen. They wanted that not to be a free uh, community of intellectual inquiry, but rather in a propaganda organ of the mm-hmm. state, I see. as all universities were in Russia and in the Soviet sector. And Lohmeyer ran into a tug of war with them and lost. And they uh, arrested him because he would not give in. He continued to lobby for intellectual freedom and uh, moral uh, rectitude in the uh, city of Greifswald at the university. He wouldn't give in, and so they had to use force to take him out. We're talking to Dr. James R. Edwards. He's the Bruner Welsh Professor Emeritus of Theology at Whitworth University. And we're talking about his brand new book, which is terrific. It's called Between the Swastika and the Sickle, The Life, Disappearance, and Execution of Ernst Lohmeyer. Uh, Dr. Edwards, I've just returned from a couple weeks in Germany. Uh, it was my first trip there. And while I was traveling, I tried to, you know, search out stories of Christians who'd been faithful amidst that, you know, the unbelievable scarring decades that occurred in Germany. And um, of course, I never heard the name Ernst Lohmeyer until I I saw your book just a couple days ago. But when I was there, I just kept thinking over and over again of the names we know, but the thousands of names we don't know of people who loved Jesus and who followed him. And I can't imagine the bravery and courage it took to live a life of faithfulness when that's what you were surrounded with. That's what your environment was. That's what your leaders were like. And that's what your community was like. Well, I'm, gl- I'm glad that you came to that understanding, because it's exactly true. Um, we tend to gain so much of our identity and also our self-worth from the communities around us. And if you live in a, in a country of sanity, like we have had the uh, joy of living in America, uh, you can live a pretty good life. But when uh, a, a, a form of insanity, a madness, overtakes a culture, in which um, virtue becomes reviled and vice becomes normal, uh, in which prejudice is correct and malice is, replaces kindness, uh, when accusation replaces forgiveness. A culture like this in which things go crazy, uh, then if you are looking to the culture around you for your identity, you're in real trouble. And Lohmeyer came too strong here because he didn't look around. He knew who he was. Uh, He was a majority of one person. Uh, He he was known throughout his life as an Einzelganger, and generally that means a person who goes his own way no matter what the rest of the crowd does. And Lohmeyer was this kind of a man. He had no price. When he decided X was right, he did X regardless of the cost. And... That has huge effect in a society where people are intimidated by fear in order to get them to comply with totalitarianism. When you come with a guy, when you come into a person like Lomar who is a, unwilling to be afraid, then you have a real opponent that you have to take seriously. Amen to that. Well, Dr. Edwards, thank you so much. Uh, 
the, your scholarship, the fascinating story of Ernst Lohmeyer, which was unknown to us, mm-hmm. and I'm sure to a lot of our listening audience, you've uh, you've raised the specter here. So my hope is that our audience, who are lovers of Jesus and lovers of history and world affairs, will go and read between the swastika and the sickle, the life, disappearance, and execution of Ernst Lohmeyer. James Edwards. Dr. Edwards, thanks so much. Thank you. Just one more. Just one more. Jesus has a heart for the one. His love compels him to keep searching until his sons and daughters are back in his arms. Our prayer at Cornerstone Television is for the one who is lost. God has raised us up with power to reach the unreachable. Join WPCB-TV, Cornerstone Television, July 9th through 11th, starting at 8 p.m. for our special program, Just One More. We want to pray for your loved ones who are not yet saved, empower you to share your faith with others, and team up with you to make an even bigger impact. Mark your calendar for July 9th through 11th, 8 p.m., and join Cornerstone Television for our Just One More broadcast. Learn more at ctvn.org. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, WeatherTech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At ExtremeTruck.net. It's Trinity Jewelers Half Off Half the Store Sale. Trinity invites you to bring your better half now through Saturday only and get half off half the store. We don't know which half yet, but 50% of all their jewelry will be going for 50% off. No, Trinity is not going out of business. They just lost their minds, and the savings will be ridiculous. Trinity Jewelers Half Off Half the Store Sale at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Celebrating life's closest relationships for over 20 years at TrinityJewelers.com. The Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America invites you to take steps for cures at a walk event near you. Support the 1.6 million Americans living with these diseases. Get started at cctakesteps.org. Hey, Pittsburgh. This month, you could qualify for 20% off the MSRP on select models of the all-new, totally redesigned 2019 Silverado pickup. That's over $9,000 in savings on select Silverado Double Cab All-Stars. The team at Calusi has been serving Pittsburgh for over 100 years, so you can buy with confidence. Check them out at Calusi.com. Find new roads at Calusi Chevrolet. I love the joy that children bring to the office. Good dental habits begin early with Dr. Megan Stock. I like creating those good, positive first experiences. My mommy is a really good dentist, and she'll take good care of you. Visit StockFamilyDentistry.com. You have my word on it. A thunderstorm will be around the area during the evening hours tonight, otherwise warm and muggy with some clouds, low 72. Tomorrow, a warm and humid day with a few showers and heavy thunderstorms around mostly in the afternoon. The storms could lead to some localized flash flooding and damaging winds. High tomorrow, 87. The low tomorrow night, 66. Partly sunny Friday with highs near 80. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. 
I need help. My husband just told me he wants a divorce. Focus on the family is here to strengthen marriages. Do you think you and your spouse have what it takes to help us do that? We think you do. All the ups and downs, the mistakes, the conflicts, you've overcome them so you know there's hope. When you share that hope with others, you help Focus on the Family save marriages. Begin your journey as a Focus Marriage Mentor. Find out how at FocusOnTheFamily.com slash Marriage Mentors. Today was announced that uh, Pittsburgh Penguin great Matt Cullen is retiring. 21 seasons, over 1,500 NHL games, three Stanley Cups, two here with Pittsburgh. A tremendous career. It seems like a wonderful guy. Listen, that video that he and the Pens put together to announce his retirement, it'll make you cry. It will make you cry. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, you know, don't cry for me. I mean, a high-priced, highly affordable uh, professional athletes do just fine. But still, at the end of 21 years, no matter what profession you're in, you're thinking about this is the last time I get to do this. Right. And and what he said so well in the video is that you recognize your first things. You recognize your first game. You recognize your first goal because it's your first one. But the things you don't recognize are the last ones. Because he didn't know at the end of the season that he was going to retire. Yeah. Now he decides to retire, and now he's looking back and he's saying, oh, that was my last game. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that was my last goal. But, you know, he's 42. I mean, who plays hockey until they're 42? Unless you're Yammer Yager. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. But 42, can you imagine the beating that his body has taken? When you see those guys hitting the boards and taking, I mean, oh, my gosh. How brutal what a yeah. sport that is. So Matt Cullen, he made it out alive. Goodness knows what his body's like. But at 42... Kudos. Hopefully Crosby can play that long. Oh, isn't that you the truth? You got that right. <laughs> we need him. Isn't yeah. that the truth? Anyway, congratulations to Matt Cullen. Yeah. I'd love yeah. to meet him. Um, he's been my favorite pen for a long time. Mine too. Well, you guys are telling me he's a believer. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. and he seems like a great dad. He yeah. seems like he loves his wife and he loves his teammates and that he gets it. Yeah. This wonder where he lives. Yeah. Is well, he, he lives in Minnesota. He's oh, from yes. Minnesota because okay. he went back and played there. Right. Um, and uh, I believe the family home is still there. Okay, Minnesota Wild is that is that? Mm-hmm. Minnesota Wild and yeah. deeply loved by by his players. Chris Letang tweeted, "It was an honor to play with you, Cully. Have fun in retirement." Brian Russ said, "Couldn't have asked for a better teammate, person, and friend to share some unbelievable moments with." Mm-hmm. And Jake Ansel said, "Congrats on retirement, Cully. What an honor it was." Number seven. Very oh, nice. excellent. And Sid didn't say anything online because. He doesn't do social media. He does not. He's very wise. I don't blame him. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Congratulations yeah. to Matt Cullen. Hey, we were talking about uh, best fries in the Berg. In a few minutes, we're going to talk about some body shaming. So in the meantime- <laughs> I think it's time. It's a good, important to mix us. Yeah, two. just pull your fries up and take a shot or two at me. Because, you know, <laughs> body shaming, yeah. 101.5 WORD. Your station for leading the way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Envy and anxiety are very dangerous weeds that threaten to choke off the fruit of the Spirit, especially peace. Dr. Michael Youssef. I have heard it through the years. There are some who would say, if I have X number of dollars, I'll have peace. If I just go and live on a remote island, I will have peace. All these are pitfalls. Why? Because they will lead to false peace. This week on Leading the Way. Tomorrow morning at 6.30 on 101.5 WORD. Hey, it's John Hall. So a while back, the folks at MyPillow said, Hey, John, can you try out a MyPillow and let us know what you think? I'm skeptical. I mean, it's a pillow. But what did I have to lose, right? 
I'll tell you what I lost. Interrupted sleep. No more folding the pillow in half. No more flat, lifeless pillows. It changed my life. So I'm letting you know, you need my pillow. Well, not my actual pillow, but your own my pillow. It stays cool all night long. No more waking up at 3 a.m. to flip to the cool side of the pillow. It keeps its shape. No more reshaping your pillow in the middle of the night. It comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Try it. Don't like it? Return it. My pillow comes with a 10-year warranty. Do you have a pillow that comes with a 10-year warranty? You can toss a my pillow into your washer and dryer. It's like new again. Get a two-pack of my pillows premiums for $69.98. That's only $34.99 per pillow, the lowest price ever offered on radio or TV. This offer is only available at mypillow.com or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code Word. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade. Through 47 state-certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community. With results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Hi, I'm John Henny from Henny Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our to have and to hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers your jewelers for life. Once upon a time, customers would find your business with this big, thick book full of phone numbers and competitors' phone numbers. It was a heavy, cumbersome, yellowish-looking thing. You'd place your ad in the book and hope customers would call. Hello? Now, there's Salem Surround, delivering customers with targeted digital marketing. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. I don't know if it's social media in particular or it's just the Internet in general. Hmm. I mean, the, even pre-Internet, we can look back and we can say, OK, people looked at Audrey Hepburn, who was so beautiful lovely. and so charming and incredibly thin Right. And they said that's the essence of a movie star. Right. right. We found out many years later that a lot of her health issues and her her early death were brought on by the fact that she was anorexic for many, 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 many years. And it took its toll on her body. Now, that's the case for how many Hollywood stars who had eating disorders, whether it was bulimia or anorexia or whatever it is. So body shaming is not a new uh, cultural phenomenon, but, but I think it's ramped up, right? Well, the studios controlled things like that, right? And they had a sort of a tight frame around everyone's life. So you know, the publicity machine, the body shaming thing was a negative, which was not part of the public uh, consciousness. Right. But, now it's different. Right. So I was looking at this article uh, from Men's Health, you know, which is something I try to check into. Oh, Yeah. It's an online source for me. You you have a subscription to it, don't you? It comes here to the studio. I just like to, you know, keep my finger on the pulse. Anyway, uh, article today on Jason Momoa, who is a uh, film star. He was Aquaman. I haven't seen Aquaman. Mike? I haven't either. Okay. I want to see it. I'm not going to see it. No? Come on. 
Now, you already told, you already confessed that you felt badly about the Spider-Man thing. I did, because my boys loved it, and I didn't go with them. Okay, and also your two co-workers love it. Right. So you could, you know, care for us as well. But Aquaman? I mean, that's kind of like a C-level superhero, isn't it? It's not like, I mean, it's it's not the shape of water. (laughs) (laughs) No, it is kind of like the shape of water. (laughs) Nice job. Yeah, very nice. Nice job, Mike. Anyway, so Jason Momoa, uh, so he was photographed recently relaxing on vacation with his wife, Lisa Bonet, okay, from... Cosby Show fame. Okay, so they're just having a life. They're just on vacation. They're just doing it. Well, it turns out someone snapped a photo of him, and people started to get upset that he had a little punch, that he didn't look like Aquaman. A little punch? On vacation. He looks like he's, he's, he looks fabulous. He looks great. 99% of the guys who look at that go, wish that was me. But people are gleefully fat shaming this man. Fat shaming. Because he doesn't look like Aquaman. Yeah. On vacation. <laughs> I mean, he's, what, I see this photo. The guy's like, sort of like, he's in a pair of shorts. He's like, you know, at the beach bending down to get a towel or something. He looks excellent. So now it's a thing. It's. Can you imagine like, you know, if you were at the beach, I'm going to go to the beach in, a, in the first week of August. I do not want to have some photographer having a photo oh of me. My. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be sitting there having a bag of chips, you know, reading a book, fat shaming. <laughs> And it's usually directed towards women. Now, you know that, you know, if some, I don't know, some some film star is on, you know, had an escape at, to the Bahamas and all of a sudden she's photographed and there's a lot of assessment about whether she's aging well or she's not aging uh, well or whether she cares for herself well or she doesn't or whether her posture is bad or her thighs are big or, you know, whatever it is. But it was interesting to me today that this is now directed towards men. So I don't know if the Internet has now gotten us to the stage oh, where yeah. we're, we're equal opportunity offenders. Sure, sure. Right? We can, we can pick on anyone and make them feel horrible about themselves. No one's going to escape that jaw, right? But here it comes. We're going to crush you no matter what. All right. So when we look at film stars and we, you know, body shame them to some degree or another. Now, sometimes it's just an internal thing and we think, well, you know, boy, she's put on a few pounds or, you know, boy, he's really <laughs> seems to be aging quickly. Whatever it is that we think to ourselves. <laughs> Wait, don't be looking at me when you be, say that. It would he's be good to quick. put the gate. It would be good to put the gate up so that we don't actually speak that or for much worse, actually type something no, no, up no, no, on no. some social media platform and commentary. Look, there's a whole industry around this. You know that. This is big business. So the guy who took that photo yeah. probably got a nice paycheck. That's sick. Right? Someone got That's a, absolutely sick. All I'm saying is the wall, reasonable people who care about you know being normal in a world of chaos are going to say no to that. They're right. not going to repost something about poor Jason Momoa and the fact that he doesn't look like Aquaman while he's you know having a mimosa on vacation. Right, right. Okay. So now the celebrity culture that we, we grew up with, like People Magazine – or the, uh, what, Us, or National Enquirer at the grocery store. Now, that's all gone online. Uh, you know, TMZ and those celebrity shows. Right, and the problem with it going online is that those things show up on our Twitter feed. Right. So I'm not, I've never purchased the natural, the national inquirer. I'm not doing that, but now I don't even have a chance to not do it because if I'm on Twitter, those things are going to come to me. Yeah. I didn't get, 
care about Jason Momoa. And I want him to have a nice trip with his wife. But, you know, who we were talking to yesterday about uh, Twitter, they said that that 7% of the population actually uses it. So what are people – like my kids, they have no connection to Twitter or to Facebook at all. Mm. They use Instagram and they're big time on Reddit. Reddit. Oh, really? Yeah. Wait. Oh, interesting. Reddit. To Reddit to me looks like. Remember when the internet first came, and uh, this was before AOL. Even people were using bulletin boards. Remember yeah, so it's like, board? it looks like text file. Yeah. That's what Reddit looks like to me. Huh. And there's all these, you know, a zillion different subjects, and it's just a stream of one comment after another. No it, photo. No visual. No. So my kid's talking to me, and he'll go, "We were talking about yada yada yada," and we said, and I was like, "Wait, wait, who's we?" And he goes, oh, my guy's on Reddit. Like, it's his community or something. I've, I've said to him a couple of times, show me how this works. And that's really what it looks like, an old-fashioned bulletin board. All right. I've never yeah. been on Reddit. Mike? Um, yes, I have, I've been on Reddit. It, I take it as a, uh, as a massive blog site. That's, that's all. I mean, I'm, I'm not on there. I don't have a username. Do you have to have a username? I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't probably know. so. You probably have to log into something, yeah. right? Yeah. But, um, but, but the only reason why – there's only one time where I felt self-conscious about what how I looked, and that was after I saw the movie 300. Do you remember that movie? Yeah, I remember the movie, but I didn't see it. Oh, my gosh. Why? Gerard Butler is in that movie. Oh, yeah, yeah sure. And they're huge. They're enormous. And then Men's Health magazine came out with um, this, this exercise on how you can look like the men from 300. And then I watched the documentary on how, how 300 was made. Their bodies were, were all... Artificially, digitally, yeah. no digitally way, processed. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, right. no yeah. way, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Gerard Butler did did work out, uh, but yeah. After I saw that movie, I'm like, what am I doing with my <laughs> right? And why do I look like this? And how have I let this happen? I'm just gonna have yeah. like one of those cardboard cutouts and walk around like looking a muscle man in front of them and just stick my head there, or wear one of those T-shirts that, that looks like you right, have, like, right, massive muscles. That's like the low rent analog version. <laughs> okay, so has am am I right in saying that the internet has made this worse? Yes, yes. But, you know, it's not the Internet. It's you and me and all of us. We have dark and ugly hearts. So whether we produce that crap or we consume it, it's all from us. So you can make a choice. I choose not to do this. I choose not to engage in this. I choose not to look at this. Right? When you see these videos of people dead or murdered or in all these shows, garbage in, garbage out. That's what my mom would say, right? So follow your mom's advice. Don't consume the garbage. All right. So when the photograph of Jason Momoa went over, went across your Twitter screen today, yeah, did you? Well, I, I you know what I mean. Well, instantly, so, you sent it to me. You said we should talk about this on well, today's show. Did I? No, you no, didn't. I did not. But, no. but we both thought no, it. I mean, I I scrolled past it. I don't know the guy. I just saw a guy in a pair of shorts and something about you know fat body shaming. And I was like, poor guy, felt bad for him. And then I kept on moving. And yeah, and then John's uh, following commentary was, isn't that like a C list superhero anyway? I mean, well, that's harsh. I, you know what that is? That's superhero shaming. It is. Well, superheroes is not good enough for you, John. <laughs> Sorry. If I'm it's sure. not Captain America, it doesn't count? No, I, I like Superman. That's just I miss mean. Christopher Reed. That's how far back oh I'm going. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay, take a break. Come back. We got lots more ahead. Yeah, more body shaming during the 5 o'clock hour. I don't even know what that means, but stick around for that and have some fries. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. 
He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. Walmart's grocery pickup and delivery is a definite winner. And if you haven't tried it, here's how it works. Either download the grocery app or go to grocery.walmart.com. Place your order and select an exact time for pickup or a one-hour window for delivery. Satisfaction is guaranteed because the folks in the store are trying to pick the best items just like if you were picking for yourself. If you're not satisfied, you get your money back. Use the code WOWFRESH for 10 $10 off on $50 or more. It's a great service. Walmart grocery pickup and delivery. It's quick, easy, and convenient. It's Trinity Jewelers half off half the store sale. Trinity invites you to bring your better half now through Saturday only and get half off half the store. We don't know which half yet, but 50% of all their jewelry will be going for 50% off. No, Trinity is not going out of business. They just lost their minds, and the savings will be ridiculous. Trinity Jewelers half off half the store sale at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Celebrating life's closest relationships for over 20 years at TrinityJewelers.com. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club you save as much as half. Half of home improvement services, web design, family entertainment, music festivals, and much more. All from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com slash shopping and go. God save the green. I think it's fair to say that the, the neighborhood of East Liberty has, for better or worse, and some would say much worse, has undergone a renaissance. Others would say hey, it's a great revitalization. That's a, a different story. But And some people would say that the people who need it the most are being locked up. Pushed away or, yeah, moved out of the neighborhood. Now, there is a church in East Liberty, uh, St. Peter and Paul Church, which is a a Catholic church last used for regular worship in 1992. Uh, I think the claim to fame is that the film um, Dogma was shot there in 1987, and the the building really has just sat there. Were you in that film? Uh, I was um, uh, Alan Rickman's stand-in. Yeah, I got a story about that, which is for another day. but this church, it's a just an incredibly beautiful Gothic church, and it is crumbling. But uh, people from the uh, East, Liber- East Liberty Development Incorporation, they look at this church, and they put together a plan as way back um, from 2012, where they went before HUD, and HUD awarded East Liberty Development 
a $30 million grant mm. to build some 300 apartment buildings around the footprint of the church. But when HUD but came to get, in- But to give them, what, to give them income? Or no, just to- To just, start to build. Oh, Okay. So East Liberty wants to build lower income housing around the footprint of the church, not to tear Oh, they the don't want to down. tear it down. No. Okay. But when HUD came in in 2004, they came for a visit to the site and they looked at the site and they said, you have to deal with the church. So before you do anything to build these houses around the church, you've got to do something with that church. So now there is a move underway, an organization called Partners for Sacred Places, which normally helps existing congregations use their church buildings more effectively and more economically. Sometimes they are involved with reuses. They've come to Pittsburgh, and they want to partner with East Liberty Development to do something with that church, whether to keep it as a house of worship, turn it into a community space, Mm -hmm. make it um, a restaurant, something. There's now movement underfoot, finally, after many, many years, after two-plus decades, of doing something with that beautiful church. Okay, first off, you remember being in that church for filming? I do. And is it lovely? Oh, it's incredible. However, you know, as with many places, um, it's been vandalized. Thieves have come in and have taken, of course, all the copper away. A lot of the gorgeous stained glass has been stripped away. There's graffiti throughout the sanctuary. Uh, But... At its bare bones, it's still beautiful. It's it's a beautiful tragedy, is what it is. Doesn't that make you sad? I mean, you want historically speaking, you don't want a building like that to a sit unused and b to be destroyed and for that history to be lost to the city. Right. But then you think how sad it is that we're that it's not still not a church. You know, I, every time I see a church repurposed, I'm of two minds. I, I'm glad it was saved, right. but then at the same time, I'm so sad it's not a church. Well, that, that's why this interesting, this uh, Partners for Sacred Places. I mean, I love the idea of this because, mm-hmm. of course, we all know. How many churches do you know that have been not abandoned but are no longer houses of worship? You don't, you don't want those structures to disappear. So how do we repurpose? How do you save at least the bones of what could maybe someday be another house of worship? In the meantime, invite the community in, clean the place up, right. reclaim it, make right. it safe, right. lock it down so vandals and thieves don't come in yeah, in the middle help, of the night. And help people to care about it. Right. You know, you just come back from Germany. You've seen this happen, right? Yeah. I mean, the thing that was surprising to me about being there, and again, you have all these preconceived ideas before you go to a place. You think you get it before you go, and then you go, and you think, wow, I didn't get this at all. But every church that I walked by was open. Mm. Oh, really? All the time. Churches are always open. Always open. I went. I was in a little town, um, and I was. it was one in the morning, and I was out – it, just because it was just a, it was it had been a very 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 hot day and it was that great temperature at night you know when you're just mm-hmm. kind of soaking things in and and um, it was the hot, last night cold. we were going to be there anyway there was a church that I wandered past one in the morning go and sit down it's open I was just I I feel so sad for our churches here that aren't open and I get why they're not open they're I don't want to see graffiti inside a church I don't yeah. want to see vandals I don't want to see that either but boy there's something about the fact that you can walk by a church and just expect that it's open right I mean there, that's what it is there was a time right not yeah. that long ago that most churches were open 24 seven there are still a few churches in the city that are open 24 well a few I would say maybe a couple. 
But it, it's a beautiful thing to go into an empty church or a church and just sit mm-hmm. in repose and pray. Right. And you look around and there's several other people with you. There's something beautiful about it. So anyway, the good news is at least this church, uh, the old St. Peter and Paul, something's going to happen to this. The community is behind this. They want good things to spring from this. So who knows? People may worship there one day. Mm-hmm. Take a break. Come back. Uh, oh, speaking of church and the Catholic Church, Father Lou Vallone, who was a, a retired Catholic priest. And is a good friend of ours. He is. He's a straight shooter. We love him. He's going to come and talk to us about holiness and many other subjects during the 5 o'clock hour. So stick with us. It's The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM. Hey, look for us, uh, com. That's our website and, of course, wordfm.com. WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Labor Secretary Alex Acosta defended his handling of a sex trafficking case involving now-jailed financier Jeffrey Epstein. Acosta said state authorities in Florida plan to go after Epstein with charges that would have resulted in no jail time until his office intervened and pressed for tougher consequences. A state grand jury brought that single, completely unacceptable charge. A state official allowed Epstein to self-surrender. And so it is unusual because it's unusual for a federal prosecutor to intervene in a state matter. Acosta would not comment on current prosecutions. On Wall Street, the Dow up by 77 points. The Nasdaq rose 61. The S&P advanced 13. Oil up 243 to 60.27 a barrel. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. Recent storms have done a number on Pittsburgh's homes and businesses. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. All you have to do is visit windowsareuspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows Are Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and, of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. Why pay twice as much with other companies? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. So how was your breakfast this morning? Was it magnificent or just meh? You could have enjoyed a little morning comfort at the Bistro to Go Cafe, like their simply delicious signature sugar pecan French toast. 
a savory Tuscan or farmer-style breakfast bowl, or a daily chef-crafted special. Bistro to Go Cafe will always get your morning off to a delicious and healthy start. Have a great day with Bistro to Go on the north side. See what's cooking at bistro-togo.com. Sight and Sound Theaters presents the biblical stage adventure, Returning to Lancaster. Who exactly is he? He's a miracle worker, a healer, a prophet. This Jesus is a rebel. Everything Jesus does points to love. Seen by nearly one million people in its debut year, the original stage production is returning for one last encore season. Jesus, live on stage at Sight and Sound Theaters in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. More information is available at sight-sound.com. They're not in it for the money. They don't do it for the fame. It's certainly not about the fringe benefits. No, for a Christian teacher, the real reward is found in the everyday triumphs of a child as they learn not only about their world, but discover their unique place in it. This is how love inspires learning. Visit pittsburghchristianschools.net. Education for mind and soul. pittsburghchristianschools.net. You do it right to save because you work too hard for your money not to. Lowe's is here to help with savings throughout the store, like $15 off gallon cans and $45 off 5-gallon pails via Lowe's gift card rebate when you buy select interior and exterior paint and stain. Update your appliances and get up to 40% off select appliance special values, like a Whirlpool refrigerator was $13.99, now just $9.99. This summer, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 710 U.S. only. A thunderstorm will be around the area during the evening hours tonight, otherwise warm and muggy with some clouds, low 72. Tomorrow, a warm and humid day with a few showers and heavy thunderstorms around mostly in the afternoon. The storms could lead to some localized flash flooding and damaging winds. High tomorrow, 87. The low tomorrow night, 66. Partly sunny Friday with highs near 80. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. If uh, you're over 50, you may be old enough to remember a time in Pennsylvania when blue laws, that that word, that phrase, blue laws, were enforced. I mean, I remember as a kid growing up uh, in the 60s, most of the stores were closed. Um, the, the, the town that I lived in essentially shut down. You know, it just was like, that's how it was on a Sunday. Well, the um, the Sunday laws, those blue laws, have uh, Harrisburg doing a little um, rejiggering of, of, of what they consider nuisance laws. Now, there are 19 weekend restrictions that are still on the books, and state, law mark, state lawmakers are working to change these. This is an article by Sasha Hupka from uh, uh, today's Post-Gazette, and the headline is, Things Have Changed. PA considers repealing outdated Sunday laws. Uh, some of those restrictions include playing sports on Sunday, buying uh, and selling a car, um, of course, shopping. All these things are sort of um, in the midst of a Republican uh, look at how the laws are written and somehow repealing obsolete laws mm-hmm. because no one, of course, is going to jail because of blue laws. But why are they on the books and so clear things up? Right. So when laws are on the books, there's an enforcement of them. And right. then over time, 
it's kind of like, okay, well, we're not really going to go with that anymore, so we're going to look the other way. That's right. And then all of a sudden you find yourself decades away from the the last enforcement, and you think, why are we doing this? Right. Why are they even on the books? I think we're worse for that. For the blue laws? Yeah. No, no, for for forsaking them. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, here's the it's just a, Or ignoring them might be a better word. Um, I mean, uh, they're, they're quoting Senator James Brewster from McKeesport. He says, I can remember when you couldn't find a store open on Sunday. Yeah. A hundred years ago, it would have been pretty easy to avoid doing anything on Sunday. Those things have changed now. So most of the blue laws are, are gone by. And I think, you know, if you're under 40 or under 50, you look at that and think, really, what's a blue law? It just seems like ridiculous. Right. But we were talking about this yesterday. Um, uh, I read an article about a guy who essentially said, I choose one day a week, which is most likely Sunday, to do nothing. And so he writes this blog and sends it out to people. And people are like, well, that's a fascinating idea, really. You don't do anything on Sunday. How wow. does that? Yeah. So this whole tech community. I can't, be- I can't believe more people don't know about right. this. They didn't call it the Sabbath. They, you know, they called it uh, not even a day of rest. I think that they put some tech term to it. But maybe tech will revive in some way because people's eyeballs are bleeding and falling out of their heads. You're watching a screen seven days a week. You think you want to give your eyeballs a rest on Sunday. Not to mention your brain and your conscience, right? right? Okay, so let me confess something. If you ask me how I feel about blue laws, I'd say, you know what? We should have stores closed on Sundays. It's better for everybody. Yeah. It's just better, right? Well, look, stores are almost obsolete anyway. We're all online. We're all doing Amazon. Okay. Well, let me say this. So I'm in Europe a couple, you know, for a couple weeks. Yeah. And there are no stores open on Sundays. Really? And there are no stores open at night. Really? Okay. So everything closes at six and stores are closed Sunday. You're not going to the mall at night. I was so annoyed. (laughs) Why? Because I needed to get a couple things Uh and I couldn't believe the stores were closed. And I was like, where? So as much as I say with my mouth... That this is something that I think we should do. Right. All of a sudden, when I was in a society that actually does it, I was annoyed. Oh, that's fascinating. And then I had to say, look, I get a grip on myself. Yeah. They're like, you're, look, this is, you're supposed to think this is a great idea. And I do think it's a great idea. It's just sad how quickly we fall into that type of availability and that type of access to whatever you want, whenever right. you want it. Look, you know, I... I there was no there was no bakery I could go to to get a pretzel I wanted at 7 p.m. No, see, I'm surprised it. by this because, you know, you told me the story that you had to go to sort of the German equivalent of Best Buy. So these are oh, huge yeah. corporations, giant corporations. They're not open on Sunday. They, everyone is acquiescing no. and doing the same thing. Yeah. What does that say then? What does that say about German culture as opposed to American culture? I was very surprised by it. Me and, too. And I, again, I wasn't in all the cities in Germany. Um but I was in 10 cities and not enough and, not, and enough to get a, at least a sampling. And in none of the cities was, was, were there stores that were open at night on a weeknight. And there were, and nothing was open on Sunday. So no malls, no, no I mean, I wasn't, I, was, I wasn't in any malls though. You know, I, I, I went Did you spend to, time in Munich. No, I wasn't in Munich. I wonder what that's like. Uh-uh. That's I don't know. A, and I wasn't in Berlin okay. or Cologne. So those are big cities. And right, I don't right. know if, I, I don't know if it's different there. Because it's more multinational, right? People would expect right, that to be right. there. I mean, what about restaurants? They're open. Uh, restaurants were open at night. Yeah. Yes. Restaurants were open at night, but, um, we, uh, we, I was, we were looking for a place to eat on Sunday and that was very hard to find. Very hard to find a restaurant open on Sunday. Hmm. Where'd you end up going? We ended up Shaking eating. In, we ended up eating in a place, but they kind of put us in a closet. 
<laughs> like they hid you? Like, like their dining room was closed. Oh. And so they said, well, we can serve you, but you have to be in this like tiny little place. Right. And there was a tour. You were with 30 people. No, no, no. It was just, I was just with two other people oh, okay. at that time. Yeah. So we were like, okay. How was the food in the closet? It was good. It was <laughs> sure great. Was. It was fine. I liked it. <laughs> That's good. I liked it. The closet was old and cool, yeah, yeah. so it was good too. Yeah, the blue laws. Okay. I mean. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I, I guess I bring up that story just to say that we say one thing, but when it comes to our actions and what we really want, right. oftentimes it, it becomes the reverse. So we shouldn't be preachy about what we think it should be as if we're not willing to follow along. Right. I mean, well, but look, retail has taken a gigantic hit. I mean, right? On Saturday night. If yeah, you- okay, okay, but here's the thing. If blue laws are around and we think it's a good idea that we don't shop on Sundays, we shouldn't be shopping online on Sunday either. Well, people aren't going to stop that. You know that. People look at shopping online as a means of entertainment. Well, that's. Uh, you know that's well, true. Well, but that's- well, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. People are doing drunk shopping, right, which, we which did is a talk thing. about that. Yeah, that's <laughs> right? a big problem, drunk shopping. Right. Big problem. So, I mean, shopping for a lot yes. of people was just an endless stream of. Yeah. Okay, all right, but, but we're not. We're talking in specific about people who are interested in maybe looking at a Sabbath day as something different and set apart. If you are right. one of those people right. who's looking, even if you're not looking at it from a religious or faith perspective, you're looking at it as just a person who a says, cleanse. you know what, I need pause. I need a pause. Okay, whatever that is, if you're taking a pause, then you also need to take the internet pause. Yes, that would make sense. You need to take the whole pause. Yes. Could you do that? Could you do, because we used to do when our kids, you know, up until... Well, even in high school. Oh, now, you did screen free. We Wednesday did screen or, free forever. Yeah. yeah, Wednesday and Wednesday was a screen free day. Mm-hmm. We don't enforce that now. But well, it was healthier I, because we sat around and talked, and like we used to played games. The kids read books. We lived our lives, and we didn't miss the screen. I want. Why isn't there some sort of initiative for that? Well, there is. Andy Crouch wrote a whole book about it. Oh, right. It was really good, and it was so convicting that I decided I couldn't possibly read it again. <laughs> I'm kidding, Andy. I mean, you know what I'm saying. I'm not kidding. That's actually how I felt, but I have read it. Look, if some, Again. If some you know, genius, and I'll put those in air quotes, if some genius did a TED Talk on the need for a, you know, a, a day off, people would, especially now, people would rally around that and go, "That's there's no, such great wisdom no, there. There's no, good no, 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 sense. no, no. Listen, people would say that sounds great, but nobody would do it. That's what I'm saying about my trip to Germany is I think it's a great idea. And then when I was confronted with it, I didn't like it. No, I think it would all depend on how you package it. If you packaged it as some sort of. What more does God have to do no, no, no. in packaging this? I'm saying, I'm saying, no, I'm just saying, you know, from a secular perspective. Okay. Right. That we looked at this as a cleanse. This is, this is. Mind positive, right? All of a sudden, yeah, okay. Marianne Williamson is, is part of this thing. <laughs> right, it's, and she's going to you know, bring it up at the next time. You wake up on Sunday morning in the Sabbath, right. and you're holding your crystals, right. okay. and you're playing Yanni. Yeah, all I'm saying, though, is anything that's restrictive like that, people are going to say with their mouth is a good idea, but they're going to not follow through on it. But there's a certain subset of people who look at that and go, that's a warrior thing. I'm, okay. you know, that's a yeah, warrior yeah. instinct, sure. and I'm going to okay. grab onto that. So for that. those people, they might grab onto that, and if they do... I'm telling you, they're going to be better off. Of well, look at Chick Fil A. I mean, right, they're off exactly. on Sundays, and they, they're still they're still number one. That's in right. Fast food. We could bring up Chick Fil A in about every conference, every conversation we have. You know that and it but would make could. sense. But you know that no, I mean, we could. In every conversation, we you know, <laughs> there's something we could go back to. Chick-fil-A I wish we with. could translate that into actual food in the studio. <laughs> yeah, that's what's sad about. Seriously, it. Nice. I mean, you know, I'll take some nuggets. You, you know, know what? You talk about anything. Pro life. Oh, there's the Chick-fil-A. market salad. Oh, yeah. That's my favorite. I love that market salad, man. You know what? You don't like it. 
Here's the deal. When I can go to Chick-fil-A, not I'm not getting a salad. Oh, no. I'm just not. I love, I I'm, love that market salad. I see people there and I think they're eating like some strawberry salad or yeah. something. I'm going, give me like number two. Give me a spicy chicken deluxe sandwich with some waffle fries and a lemonade. I'm not going for a salad. Mm, all right. I'm totally going for a salad. Save those blueberries for, right. you know, Whole Foods And or you got little granola that you put on top Who of that Who wants salad? granola at Chick-fil-A? It's good. It's good. It's, good. it's, Chick-fil-A it's nutty, nuttily delicious. All right. Yeah. Grab onto your crystals. We go Maybe. To- <laughs> no, do not. Do not. Get rid of those crystals. Throw those in the trash. They're useless. 101.5 WORD. If you've ever looked at the inner workings of your wristwatch, you know what brilliant design is. Of course, the universe is far more complex than that. So what does that say about its origin? Is it profoundly brilliant design or is it just random chance? Consider that as John MacArthur launches his study titled The Battle for the Beginning here on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. Hey, Pittsburgh, if you've been thinking about a new car or SUV, now is the time. With the summer sales event in full swing, Calusi has savings on the entire lineup of crossovers like the Chevy Equinox, Trax, and Blazer. Plus, with Chevy Loyalty Cash, you can save an additional $1,000 off the MSRP on select models. Check them out at Calusi.com. Find new roads at Calusi Chevrolet. It is a horrible scenario, but it happens. Dennis writes about his wife. She was diagnosed with leukemia. In fact, she's a two-time survivor. And in the midst of all that, they ran up over a million dollars in medical bills. Thankfully, they're MediShare members. And Dennis says they are so thankful for that, how others came together to meet their needs. And that's how so many MediShare members feel. This is not health insurance. It's different. You don't have to pay for things you don't believe in. And like Dennis found out, it just works. So if you join MediShare, not only do you save a lot of money, the typical family saves about 500 bucks a month, but you know where your money's going each month. You're helping people, and if the time should come, they'll be helping and even praying for you. So, yes, it's different, and as more than 400,000 people now know, when it comes to health care costs, different is beautiful. Find out more. Call 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-BIBLE. 844-41-BIBLE. She has a calming spirit. You can tell she's a genuine person and actually cares. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care with Dr. Megan Stock. She was just friendly and nice, and her office staff is actually just as welcoming. And you can tell that they all are really on the same page, and they want to help people. And even my family members, like my mom goes to her, and she's always been terrified of dentists, and she just raves about Dr. Megan. Stock Family Dentistry on Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Providence Presbyterian Church, Washington Alliance Church, Bethlehem Lutheran Church, St. John the Baptist Church, Impact Christian Church, The Bible Chapel. What do all these churches from various denominations have in common? Nello Construction. Design and build with one company. Nello Construction. Full service construction from the ground up. Renovation. Expansion. Nello Construction. The choice for churches. See the projects. Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. Captain Eric Lawrence was training Afghan soldiers when his truck was hit by an IED. I sat home alone for months. I didn't want that anymore. I wanted to go back to work. PBA helped me write my resume, got me a job interview. I got the job. 
Paralyzed Veterans of America, changing lives, building futures. To learn more, visit pva.org. A public service message from Paralyzed Veterans of America. Lou Vallone is with us. Who's a former priest at St. John of God Parish in McKees Rocks, St. Catherine of Siena Parish in uh, in Crescent. Lou, welcome back to the show. Good to see you. Thank you very much. Good to see you all. Yeah. We should say uh, you were a former uh, pastor, but you're just retired. I'm retired. I'm a former pastor, once a priest, always a priest. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I'm not a former priest. And you came here riding a motorcycle. I did. How's that? It's wonderful. It's <laughs> Until I parked in the parking lot on wet uh, uh, tar and the uh, kickstand slipped. <laughs> so driving it is pretty safe. Parking it can be kind of dangerous. Yeah, right. yeah. And is it is it pretty hot when you're at a red light and it's oh, yes, you know, yes, 96 yes, yes, yes. degrees or whatever it is today? So what's that, what's it like? So you're driving around in a motorcycle. What are you driving? The one I'm on now is my street bike. It's a 650 Suzuki. Yeah. Small street bike. Um, Not, But still plenty of power. Oh yeah, six fifty. It's a single longer. It, it'll it'll cruise at sixty five on the parkway. So there you are. You're driving on the parkway in a, in a bike. Uh, you wearing a helmet? Um, <laughs> when I'm on a, <laughs> when I'm on the highway. Yes. Okay. And you're wearing a collar. And I'm wearing the collar. You yes. must get some looks. I do looks waves. Uh, you know, I've been driving a motorcycle since I've been fourteen. I drove a motorcycle before I drove a car. And uh, a few years ago, three four years, something like that. Um, Post Gazette did a little thing on me, yeah, you know, biker priest and uh, you know pictures and the interview and the whole thing, and it went viral. Uh, I mean, all over the United States, all kinds of outlets and everything cool. picked it up. So, I mean, I travel around the United States. I do uh, uh, spirituality and leadership training for priests. I do retreats. I do all kinds of things, and I'll very often come up. No one remembers my name, which is probably good, but they'll look at me and they'll say, "You drive a motorcycle." I say, "Yeah." Um, 12 years in seminary, three master's degrees, 46 years of priesthood, pastor in six parishes. And the only thing anybody knows about me is I drive a motorcycle. So if that's, building the, get. if that's building the kingdom of God, good. I'm, yeah. I'm in all for it. Oh, it's humbling, isn't it? That is. Gosh, yeah, yeah. It's good look. All right. So when John and I were talking about you coming in, Lou, we always so much look forward to the time that you spend here with we us. We do. You're the real deal. Yeah. We were talking about what um, what it means to be holy. And I, there's no easy answer for that. I, I'm not looking for a definition from you, but uh, you've been a priest a long time. And I know that this is something that you've thought of. And for those of us who aren't in the clergy and we look at people in the clergy, we think, wow, you know, is, do you look at holiness different than we do? Uh, all right, let me think about that for a second. What does it mean to be holy? I don't think holy is a destination. I think holy is a process. Um, if you want to play with the words, uh, holy is wholeness and integrity of your spirit and your body and integrity of what you're called to do and what you try to do. Um, I tell my people that um, God's interpretation of whether we're holy or not has nothing to do with a checklist. Um, God loves us because we try, not because we succeed. He loves us for our efforts, not for our accomplishments. And so holiness in God's eyes is that goodwill and that effort to find our way back to him. We were separated from him by original sin. And we're in this world to find our way back. That's our journey. So what does it mean? What means the effort? It means the journey. It means doing the best you can with what you got. 
which is going to be different for every person. Yeah. Okay? So I'm a clergy person. They say, well, you must be holy. I said, no, I'm not. I'm trying just like you. Um, I was called to this by God. So that's our theology of vocation of the priesthood. It's not your idea. It's God's idea. He says, you, I want to do this. Okay? And he says to me, if you want to get to heaven, this is what I want you to do. I want you to help other people get to heaven. So for somebody else, it's I want you to have like eight kids and keep us. And for somebody else, I want you to drive a truck, you know, and do it right. For somebody else, I want you to be a a, a radio personality and lead people to God. So there is no objective definition of holiness. It is absolutely and totally subjective. And I tell my people, 46 years of priesthood, I know for a fact, I see it with my eyes. I experience day after day. There's far more holiness on that side of the altar than there is on this side of the altar. You're pointing out. Uh, Yeah, I point across the altar. So I stand at the altar and look out at the congregation. And I see more holiness when I look out at the congregation than the congregation sees when they look at me. Because I see their efforts. It's, it's, (laughs) in a way, clergy are coddled. I mean, you pay me to take the time to be holy. <laughs> you know, you pay me to take time out for prayer. You take me, pay me to take time out for worship, okay? Um, if you're driving a truck, nobody pays you to say your rosary mm-hmm. as you're going. Get this truck from here to there. If you're a, a, a salesperson, you know, nobody pays you to meditate on the love of God, you know, um, um, you know, make those sales. So it's actually uh, priests are not holier than anybody else. Although we probably ought to be because it's a little easier uh, that, that the circumstances are made easier for us than they are for others. A little more time, you're saying, or a little more well, intentionality. It's, yeah, it's built in. I mean, it's already built in. Yeah. All right. And um, which means there's a higher risk of corruption and there's a higher risk of sin. There are things that are sins for me that would not be for you. Okay. You're miserable. You've had a bad day. Uh, you go home, the telephone rings, and if you don't want to answer it, you just don't answer it. It's there. It's your privacy there, and you don't want to answer it, you don't answer it. I'm supposed to be on call. I don't answer that phone. That's a sin for me. That's not for you because I'm failing in what my task, my mission, my vocation is from God. I see. So on the one hand, it should be easier for us. On the other hand, it is a little bit more difficult because of uh, some of the things that um, we are called to do that others are not called to do. What about vocation? I mean, when you were a young man, what was that like for you to think, uh, yeah, I want to enter into a, a life of holiness? And how old were you when you started thinking about that? Well, I, I, I'm the baby boomer age, okay? And so in Pittsburgh especially, uh, um, you know, we were like huge. And so everybody went to Catholic schools and... Every Catholic boy in every Catholic school thought he was going to be a priest because they talked about it. You saw the priest. Um, so what did I think about it? Well, I, I actually went to seminary. I left from eighth grade, and I, I began my preparations with 13 years of age. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. How mature was that? Absolutely not at all. <laughs> That's why they used to give us 12 years of preparation. Um, so like anything else, um, um if you're a kid and you say, I'm going to be an astronaut when I grow up, you, you can have that ideal. But there is so few, so difficult to pursue that. You're a Catholic kid in a Catholic school and you say, I want to be a priest. You sign up for the seminary the next day. 
All right, but our ordination rate is somewhere around one in ten. But for every ten guys who go to prepare for the seminary, only one gets ordained. Was that now or then? Then um, um, today, there might be a higher percentage because the percentage of signing up is so much lower. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and we don't have as we did then. I went. And had, we used to have high school seminary, college seminary. Hmm graduate school now when you were ordained you were ordained with a group of guys i mean i just read something here in the diocese i think four priests four were priests were ordained uh last weekend which was a big deal a, a real big deal all right but in my class uh 1973 we ordained 28 and eight guys from my class were ordained later for one reason or another so we started with about 150 guys in first year of high school and we eventually wound up with 36 priests. Hmm. That's not bad. All right. Today, if a Catholic boy wants to be a priest, the norm now is, the norm, you have to have your bachelor's degree before you even apply. There's no high school, no college. Um, you're supposed to have a normal adolescence. Little life. Uh, little life. Okay. So after you get your bachelor's, and even if you work a couple of years, all the better. But it's nine years of or it's seven years of formation after that, seven to nine. So if you get your bachelor's at twenty-two, the earliest that you're going to be ordained is thirty. Oh wow, really? Yeah. So when you were thirteen, Lou, and you said, you know, yeah, I'm going to start this formation. Um, did you feel like it was because God was calling you, or were you just, you know, like I don't, I, I don't know if anything the, else I want to do? You want the truth? I do. I went to a Catholic high school, and the nuns used to beat up on me all the time. We had a Catholic, or I went to Catholic grade school. The Catholic high school was right at the top of the street. There was no way my parents were going to allow me to go to a public high school. And so I kind of went to the seminary to uh, to uh, escape the nuns beating up on me. Got it. <laughs> That's a good answer, Lou. It's true. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, Whatever it's, works, you know, right? It worked. I mean, it was Catholic high school. Because remember, the formation was long. It was meant because you went to the seminary, you weren't being ordained. Okay, this was, all right, here's a place to learn, to discern, to be formed, et cetera. So you weren't committed to anything um, except a little bit of a strange lifestyle. Okay, so since uh, celibacy is our discipline, uh, it was expected that you wouldn't date. All right. Um, Don't tempt yourself. Yeah. Well, they used to tell us if... If over the summer when you're out of the seminary you go out with girls and you like it, don't come back because you'll probably have a tough time with celibacy. If you go out over the summer uh, 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 with girls and you don't like it, don't come back because you're weird and we can't use you. Hmm. So they never said don't go out with girls. Hmm. <laughs> right. uh, but you had those two choices. Either you liked it or you didn't like it, and neither one fit well within the priesthood. Fit well within it, yeah. I see. So, and now, Lou, I mean, look, I love that you come in here riding a motorcycle wearing your collar. There was a time, not that long ago, where uh, clergy, especially in Pittsburgh here, where Pittsburgh certainly was a a large majority Catholic town for hundreds of years, where priests were lifted. They were special. Now that's changed. Now that's changed somewhat for the better, Okay. I always resisted putting uh, priests, putting clergy on a pedestal, mm-hmm. okay? My reason is, you put me up there 10 feet above you, you ain't going to pay any attention to me. You ain't listening to me. <laughs> You're not mm-hmm. paying, okay? Uh, so that being put on a pedestal um, is never what Jesus wanted. Hmm? Um, 
down in the street, since the disciples ought to, by two, stay whatever has takes you in, eat whatever meal they put in front of you, you know, don't go knocking around. But that's just, uh, so a lot of what we're dealing with today in the Catholic Church with the abuse crisis, the cover-up um, um, in the Northwest, the Rust Belt, where the church is shrinking, um, is is a thing that we call clericalism, mm-hmm. where you take your clerics, the ordained, and you um, put them in a different category than anybody else, all right? Now, there's a philosophical basis of that. The sacrament of ordination is what we call an ontological sacrament. It changes your being. It changes who you are. But so does baptism, and so does confirmation. So our priesthood starts with our baptism. Every baptized person, and not every Catholic baptized person, every baptized person is Christi Fidelis, is part of Christ's faithful, and is baptized into a holy people, a, uh, a, a kingly people, a priestly people. So all the baptized are priests. From those priests, some are taken out with a second sacrament of ordination and set aside for this job. People misunderstand what ontological change in being is. It's a spiritual change of being. So because I'm ordained a priest or someone's ordained a bishop, their IQ didn't go up. Right. Okay, mm. they didn't get a better person. They weren't into heaven. They didn't do anything, okay? Yeah. All they got was a job. They were given a set of spiritual tools to do a job. A promotion. We need to take a quick break. Father Lou Vallone is with us. He's a retired Catholic priest. He's got lots of wisdom. Stick around. The conversation continues in a few minutes. Guess what time it is? I've been waiting all day for this. It is time now for today's $1,000 daily cash giveaway, Word FM, Word of the Day. Are you having fun with words? It's going to give away $1,000 in cash to somebody. Remember these words. Word FM, Word of the Day is Zamboni. Enter the word Zamboni online at wordfm.com forward slash cash, and you'll have a chance to win. Again, Word FM, Word of the Day is Zamboni. You've been planning this day all your life. Enjoy your wedding and leave the catering to Bistro to Go on the north side. Discover Bistro's classiest, simply delicious menu selections from butler past hors d'oeuvres to starters, main courses, and desserts. Buffet or plated service, each package contains full china, linen, staffing, complimentary cake plating, and more. Reasonably priced from intimate morning breakfast to grand evening affairs. Find menus, pricing, even venue recommendations at bistroandcompany.com. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. If you're a conservative, you have to get a copy of The Lawyer's Guild. Veteran journalist Howell Woltz, W-O-L-T-Z, wrote seven books about corruption in the legal system. And in this, his first novel, President Donald Trump and his gang of deplorables launched the American Spring, taking down the deep state. Go to Amazon, type in W-O-L-T-Z, the author's name, or The Lawyer's Guild, and get your copy today. That's W-O-L-T-Z, The Lawyer's Guild, published by the International Center for Justice. 
My daughter's a student at Grove City College, and she spent the last nine months in the classroom being trained in all sorts of disciplines. She's gotten good theological training. She's got um, a lot of work in social science, and she's going to be a high school history teacher. And so she's also taken a lot of classes in how to manage kids and how to think about education and all those sorts of things. But the classroom's the classroom, right? I mean, it's a, it's a controlled environment. And it's theory only. Well, now that it's hit summer, now she's working with actual kids in the city of Pittsburgh. And these kids have a lot of challenges that my daughter didn't have. And so all of the um, all the desire she has to work with the kids would, in large part, maybe go to waste if she didn't have some actual training in how to manage a classroom or how to deal with kids or what actual emotional development looks like in a kid. And that's why I think that the training you get at Grove City College is so essential for when you actually get out in the world and try to do something effective for somebody else. That's right. You know, you've heard this. If it's a Christian education, well, it's got to be second rate. Well, I'll tell you what, with Grove City College, nothing can be further from the truth. Rigorous academics and deep-end theology. Look, both of our kids, Kath and I, they attend Grove City College, love Grove City College. We would encourage you, if you've got a high school junior or senior, check out Grove City College online for that next step forward, gcc.edu. That is Grove City College. A thunderstorm will be around the area during the evening hours tonight, otherwise warm and muggy with some clouds, low 72. Tomorrow, a warm and humid day with a few showers and heavy thunderstorms around mostly in the afternoon. The storms could lead to some localized flash flooding and damaging winds. High tomorrow, 87. The low tomorrow night, 66. Partly sunny Friday with highs near 80. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. Talking with Father Lou Valone. He's a retired Catholic priest living in McKees Rocks now. Uh, Lou, um, Kath just came back from Germany, and so she showed me these photographs of uh, her time in Germany. And um, one of the photos she showed was this beautiful, I mean, this really gorgeous uh, confessional door. And uh, we were talking before the show, uh, Mike and Kath and I, about confession. I grew up Catholic, so mm-hmm. I, I'm well versed on confession. Uh, for a Protestant, they look at confession, going that into a little room and talking to a priest, and uh, t- you know, telling your sins. Kath thinks it's crazy. I, I think no, I don't think I don't think it's crazy because I get like theologically speaking, I get where it comes from. It just makes me really uncomfortable to imagine. Yeah, because I've never done it. But I, for, so, I think it's a good thing. So all you'd have to do is do it, and you'd see what it's about. Yeah. Okay. Um, remember, we're confessing not to the priest, but through the priest. All right, we're confessing to God. So all of the Catholic sacraments, the catechism definition of Catholic uh, sacraments is an outward sign instituted by Christ to give grace. So all seven sacraments, Christ instituted them, and they're meant to give us grace. But the point is they're outward signs. We are creatures of the material world. We have bodies. We only know things by our senses, what we see, hear, smell, taste, touch, Okay. So what about forgiveness of sins? Who forgives sins? God and God alone. What do we need for God to forgive our sins? We have to admit that we did it. We have to uh, reject the fact that we did it. We have to promise to try to avoid it in the future. Confession, contrition, purpose of amendment. I did this wrong. I'm sorry I did this wrong. I'm going to try not to do it wrong again. And your sin's forgiven. So you can sit in your room and do that every night. 
your examination of conscience when you kneel by your bed. And before you say, now I lay me down to sleep, <laughs> you do confession, contrition. Okay. But we're creatures of a material world. All right. So we can do that. And as we kneel there, who says you're forgiven? What do we hear? What do we sense? What do we touch? That's what the confessional is about. It's got nothing to do with the priest. The priest is a mouth and a set of ears. It's not the person. He's a mouth and a set of ears. He's the set of ears of God and the community as we unburden ourselves saying, I did this wrong. God, I'm sorry. Community, I'm sorry. And then he's the lips of God in the community who says, you know what? You're forgiven. So what actually occurs in the sacrament of penance, the sacrament of reconciliation, confession, which actually occurs, occurs purely in the spiritual realm. The fact that we put it in the realm of the senses makes it available to us. And so anybody who has experienced a good confession with a good confessor, um, through my years as a priest, I've been confessor to Orthodox clergy, Protestant clergy. All right, I can't give them absolution because they're not Catholic. But they come to me for confession, and we go through the entire thing. Only at the very end, because they're not Catholic, I can't say I absolve you. All right? But I can say words that convey God's mercy to them. So that's what that is about. That's confession. Mm-hmm. That's confession. So what do you think those of us who aren't Catholic, or do Orthodox do confession? Orthodox, Orthodox do confession. Do they? Okay. Yeah. What, what do those of us who aren't Catholic or Orthodox, what do we miss out on? Hearing. Okay, you miss out on the sensory experience. You can go to the... To, to the best psychoanalyst, okay, in the world and pay 500 bucks an hour to pour out all your angst, you know, all, all, all your guilt, all, okay? And the most expensive psychiatrist in the world, no matter how much you pay them and how often you go to them, can't do what the simplest newly ordained parish priest can do mm-hmm. is say to you, it's all right, you're forgiven. I mean, what's the value of actually hearing that? Right. To me, I think that that idea of someone, you know, just a regular guy waking up on a whatever day confession is, you wake up and you think, yeah, I need to unburden myself of this. I need to go and sit and tell someone this. To go through that, you know, that process, to go to the church, to sit in the confessional, that to me is so powerful, almost as powerful as the you know, the the uh, the release itself, that, you know, it's so intentional. And and that's what it's about. We, I mean, we're an incarnational church, huh? Christ, we believe God's son became a human being like us and all things accepts it, right? So then why did God bother to do that unless he wanted to understand and experience everything that we understand and experience so that he can better serve us as our Messiah? Mm-hmm. So Jesus, as he walked, knew that people need to unburden. They needed, they needed to say, I'm sorry, <laughs> I did this wrong, I'm sorry, i got to get this rid of it, and they need to hear, I'm forgiven. And so all of the sacraments, the seven sacraments we have in the Catholic Church, proceeded from Jesus' experience as a human being. I'm going to give you my flesh to eat and my blood to drink. All right? Peter's saying, 
Lord, you want to rephrase that? No, I don't want to rephrase that. In the form of bread, in the form of wine, your nourishment, your sustenance is my body and blood. This is what it is. Um, you've done wrong. You're forgiven. Get up and walk again. Um, you need to belong somewhere. You need to be washed of the things that original sin has dumped on us, and you need to belong. Here's baptism, the cleansing waters of baptisms. Now you're a member of a community. Um, you're facing, I just, I came directly from St. Clair Hospital anointing someone who, my cousin actually, who, who may not make it to the end of the week. And uh, so here's the anointing of the sick. Okay, here's the oils. Here's the prayers. Here's the proximate preparation. Hmm. Okay, so all seven of the sacraments, God can give us that grace without them. But because Jesus shared our experience as a human being, he knew that most of us, most of us need to receive that through our senses. We need to see, hear, smell, taste, touch. Amen. Take a quick break. Father Lou Vallone is with us. Father Lou is a retired Catholic priest, and uh, he's going to stay with us till the top of the hour. Hope you do as well. It's The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM and WPIT Radio. WORD. Here's Dr. Charles Stanley. Our true identity is that you and I are in Christ Jesus. You and I have been saved by the unmerited, undeserved favor of God the Father through His Son as He died at Calvary. That's the way we're saved. Hear the series, Discovering Our True Identity, this week on In Touch with Dr. Charles Stanley. Tomorrow morning at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. Ice cream, you scream, we all scream for ice cream. That's exactly what's happening every day at the Springhouse in 84. We're literally up to our elbows in ice cream. But who could resist a cotton candy ice cream cone? Or how about cookie dough? Or Heath Crunch? Or even raspberry chocolate yogurt? You've just got to try them all. If not a cone, then how about a toasted almond fudge ball? Creamy vanilla ice cream rolled in toasted chopped almonds and topped with gooey hot fudge and real whipped cream, or better yet, a strawberry ice cream shortcake made with real old-fashioned shortcakes smothered with sliced strawberries and, again, real whipped cream. Jump in the car now, head to 84 in the Springhouse, where we want you to scream for ice cream. Just one more. Just one more. Jesus has a heart for the one. His love compels him to keep searching until his sons and daughters are back in his arms. Our prayer at Cornerstone Television is for the one who is lost. God has raised us up with power to reach the unreachable. Join WPCB-TV, Cornerstone Television, July 9th through 11th, starting at 8 p.m. for our special program, Just One More. We want to pray for your loved ones who are not yet saved, empower you to share your faith with others, and team up with you to make an even bigger impact. Mark your calendar for July 9th through 11th, 8 p.m., and join Cornerstone Television for our Just One More broadcast. Learn more 
at ctvn.org. Today's world craves leaders. Leaders with vision, moral character, and independent thinking. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And since 1986, Rama Christian School in Moon has laid the foundation that makes leaders. Through academic and extracurricular activities designed to be as instructional as they are competitive, through mission and service opportunities, arts and athletics, an independent school where pre-K through 8th grade students are formed to become the independent leaders of tomorrow. Schedule a tour at ramachristianschool.org. Talking to Father Lou Vallone, former pastor of St. John of God Parish in McKees Rocks and St. Catherine of Siena Parish in Crescent. But as he keeps reminding us, he's retired. Oh, yeah, he's done. <laughs> keeps coming up repeatedly. Does I what he wants retired. to do when he wants to do exactly. it. Uh, Lou, I want to go back and ask you about clericalism. It's something mm-hmm. that we've talked about when you've been on the show before. Um, but it's a word I think most people um, aren't familiar with. So from your perspective, uh, especially from a Catholic perspective, what is it? Well, it's a version of uh, uh, classes in society. You know, your your aristocrats, et cetera. It's a way of distinguishing among groups of people. So you can distinguish among groups of people uh, by race, by language, by nationality, by economic status, by gender, et cetera. Human beings since the fall, since Adam and Eve, um, and especially with the story of the uh, Tower of Babel, um, are not inclined to unity. They're inclined to um, uh, separation and alienation. So clericalism is uh, the fact that people have different places in society, different jobs, different things to do, et cetera. That's all good. But when that is used to, in a hierarchy, place one class above another, one type of thing above another, okay, that's pathology. And when we use clericalism today, we're using it in a pathological sense Mm -hmm. in which the clergy have been taken out of the common human experience. Those who are ordained are not seen as servant leaders, but commanders. Mm -hmm. Okay. So to say I'm a cleric, I'm a clergyman, this is good. To say I'm a clericalist, this is bad. Mm -hmm. All right. I am different from my lay folk, not in quality, but in call. I'm different from them because I'm called to serve them in a special and distinct way. Not because I'm better than them, not because I'm holier than them, not because I have any power or influence over them. Okay? That's the bad stuff. Is this this is not something new though, right? Oh, it's all throughout our entire history. I mean, who did Jesus beat up on all the time? He beat up on the clerics. Right. All right. He said to them, "Look, you know, you guys are white at sepulchers. You tell you look people good on the this, outside, you know, but on the inside, riding on the inside, you tell and he'd tell people. He said, look, their job is to 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 tell you what to do. So listen to them, but don't." Do what, do what they, they do. do. Sure. But so you made reference to this earlier. I mean, you know, the whole Catholic sex abuse scandal in many ways was cemented in clericalism. Absolutely. And, and, and it still is. That's what's holding us up from cleaning the things up. You know, we have our whole system built on that and, and you know, changing people's minds and attitudes. Um, we have policies. We have programs. There, there have been very few, you know, accusations in the past 20 years. From that aspect, from an institutional or structural aspect, we've done very well in cleaning it up. What we haven't done is changed the attitudes 
of, of, of those who are still the decision makers. Is that a, a seminary process? It's a process of conversion of heart. I'm probably going to get excommunicated for saying that. <laughs> it's a conversion of heart. It's, it's, it's each person, you know, looking in and saying, you know, I need to convert my heart. I need to see myself differently, and I therefore need to act differently. Right, that, that so, I'm not all that. Right. So, so part of the clericalism, and it's built into our structure. They don't want it's. It's not wanted to have lay people sit in judgment of the ordained. All right. So, lay review boards who have governance or authority not accepted. Not They can advise. They can collaborate. They can, you know, all right. But to say uh, um, you're going to have a group of lay people sit in judgment on a bishop and say to the bishop, you did wrong and you need to be kicked out. Right. That's not going to happen. It's going to happen, but it's not going to happen quickly. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen as our – because God is patient with us and he takes time. And uh, but sometimes these things right. are generational. Now, see, my mom, she's been gone for a couple of decades. But my mom – and I think this is probably indicative of that generation for a lot of Catholics – is that they would look at you, they would look at a priest, that somehow you shared some sort of godlike power or right. mystery. Right. There was a mysticism to it. And in okay, so is reverence, deference, uh, respect? Is it due? It's due to the office. The person who holds the office though has to live up to it. So I'm not clericalist if I say you need to respect this caller. Hmm. All right, I'm clericalist if I say you need to respect me because I wear the collar. So this represents an office. I have to live up to that office. Right, so if you want to save your life, you have to lose your life. That's absolutely it. And that's what Jesus says. So there's so I respect our bishops. Okay. I respect, I respect our, our, our governmental officials. I respect their office. I don't respect all the people who hold that office. Mm-hmm. You know, there's corruption, there's insanity. So that's sometimes for people a hard distinction to make. When you take a quick break, uh, stick with us. Father Lou Valone's with us. He's a retired priest, but uh, still serving. We've got a few minutes left of the show, so we hope you stick around as Father Luke stays with us. Stuck in an expensive timeshare contract and feel like there's no way out? I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO of Wesley Financial Group. I've helped thousands of people get rid of their timeshares. I didn't realize what I was getting into. The whole thing was just a scam. I finally found information on Chuck, and he agreed to meet us. It was just a wonderful experience because uh, he knows that business inside out, and he actually wanted to solve our problem. I fought the largest timeshare company in federal court, and yes, I won. Whether you owe ten dollars to $250,000 on your timeshare, we can help cancel your mortgage. When you're approved as a client, we'll get you out of your timeshare, eliminate your payments, and get them off of your back permanently. And we proudly hold an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Call Wesley Financial Group now for your free consultation at 1-800-462-3333. That's 1-800-462-3333. 800-462-3333. They didn't teach us this in Bible college. A family in my church has asked me to help with their son who's addicted to heroin. They're in a serious crisis, and I'm so busy with everything else at the church. How do I help them? For over 50 years, 
Western Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge has come alongside local pastors to help them in the fight against addiction in their congregations. Call 724-265-4100 now. Western Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge, bringing wholeness to the hopeless. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, WeatherTech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters, always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville, for the extreme in all of us at ExtremeTruck.net. I believe there are not very many schools that do this, at least to the extent that Jubilee does it. Through Jubilee Christian Schools All School Unit, students learn to become citizens of the world. They learn geography, politics, economics. They have a closing ceremony where each grade will either sing a song, present a little play. It's always, of course, integrated spiritually that we are all united as God's children and that we, of course, have a mandate to share God's love with everyone. Imagine, believe, achieve at jubileecs.org. Got issues with youth or high school sports? Positive Coaching Alliance can help. PCA, a national nonprofit, offers more than a 1,000 free online resources for youth and high school sports coaches, parents, students, and administrators. Visit PCADevZone.org. I love the joy that children bring to the office. Good dental habits begin early with Dr. Megan Stock. I like creating those good, positive first experiences. My mommy is a really good dentist, and she'll take good care of you. Visit StockFamilyDentistry.com. You have my word on it. Hey, thanks for being with us. Father Lou Valone's been with us for this hour. We're talking about... Uh, what it is to be a Catholic, what it is to be a leader, what it is to be a follower of Jesus, clericalism, sort of running the gamut here. So, Lou, um, you know, uh, a lot of people who are listening right now are not Catholic. And, um, you know, there's, there's always a lot of uh, negativity thrown towards Catholicism. But, um, I mean, what do you think? I believe, right, as a lover of Jesus, no matter what faith tradition you're called to, whether you're a Protestant or Episcopalian or an Anglican or a Catholic, Jesus is all we need. It's all the other man-made stuff that gets in the way. Except that the church is human, okay? It's divinely instituted, but it's a human institution. So you're correct. We're, uh, you know, Christians are all followers of Jesus Christ. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the center. He's the Messiah, okay? But how do you communicate that over 2,000 years mm-hmm. across an entire world? You've got to have containers, <laughs> All right, you may have a, 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 a wonderful product, but if you don't have a box to put it in and ship it, and that's what denominations are. So you just went through Christian denominations. Yeah, the church is the Christian church, but there are a bunch of denominations. We're all ice cream, but we're different flavors, mm-hmm. okay? And so we can't do without the church. It's the box. Mm-hmm. It's the vehicle, okay? Salvation, personal faith is what's necessary. That's what's contained in there. But I mean, I I was born in Pittsburgh in the 20th century. How was I going to know about Jesus if it wasn't the Catholic Church that brought it to me? All right? You know, the Protestant Church, the Reformed tradition, is only 500 years old. The Orthodox tradition is only 1,000 years old. The Catholic tradition is 2,000 years old. Does it make it better? No, not necessarily. But it makes it We're all on the same road. The Catholic Church just believes and teaches that we're a little further along down the road because of what it is we have to offer. 
we offer a sacramental system. So we're all we're all on the journey. Lou, it's always good to have you with yeah, us. Yeah, and thanks for sharing part of your journey with us. Always my pleasure. Mm. Father Louvain, hey, if people want to reach out and connect with you. Uh... Yeah, I live at St. John of God Rectory in um, uh, McKee's Rocks. But you're retired. I'm retired. That, so that means I may answer you. I may not. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Okay, so hey, listen, uh, as we're leaving, Father Lou's going to get on his bike. I am. On the parkway. If someone sees you, they should wave, right? Yeah, they should wave. You'll know if you're behind me, The my hat says in the back, Father Lou. Very nice. <laughs> Always a pleasure. Hey, thanks for being with us. Podcast is up and running. Johnandkathyshow.com. Have a great night. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.